0: A podcast.
1: Some plot.
0: Some plot. Some plot. With music and commentary. Free
1: Sound Pods. Free Sound Pods.
2: Episode 110, Three Songs Podcast, March 28th, 2020, Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan, how you doing, Bob?
0: Yeah, great. Well, I mean, you know, great.
2: (laughs) Relatively. I mean, you know, what
0: know, (laughs) hell, you know, I'm here.
2: Exactly. You're here, I'm here, we're we're in our own sequestered um, spaces, and...
0: uh, Yeah, are you going out much at all? Are you going out at all, like, to buy stuff?
2: Uh, so I went out today to get cash from the bank, and sat in the line for the drive-through for one hour. <laughs> Literally oh shit, took really? me no an way. hour.
0: That's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. That's okay. Did you listen to music while you're in line? I or?
2: did. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. You know, I mean, this is just this is the way what you have to do. And of course, after I, I mean, if you're
0: just sitting there, you know, like you've got your phone yep. and, or whatever, exactly. you're
2: good. Yeah, exactly. Um so it was, it was fine. I was in the luxury of my car, and just you know, would move forward a few feet every few minutes, and uh, you know, and then, and then after, after I did my transaction, you know, <laughs> used a lot of hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's the world we live yeah, in now. Yeah. So
0: how's your supply?
2: Uh, it's hanging in there. It's hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hard, to
0: find. It's uh, hard is, to find. It is.
2: It is. But um, you know, this is this is the world today. Hopefully, it won't last too much longer but until then we'll Yeah, it. I mean, I
0: you know, as far as I know, like the uh, Primavera Sound festival, a lot of people have been asking me about that the last 36 hours and right now they're currently rescheduled for late August in Barcelona and early September in Porto, so hmm. you know,
2: okay. I, I mean, I'd like
0: to, I'd like to think if that does happen,
2: it's better um, than canceled, right? What's that? Rescheduled is better than canceled.
0: Yeah, I mean, rescheduled, you know, like, we'll see how it goes. I mean, Spain, you know, is not, Madrid in particular, you know, very tough times. Like, you know, your former city, New York City, you know, and, you know, we're not really doing well anywhere. No, no. I mean, I was amazed today, like, you know, where my family's from Richmond, Virginia, I'm, you know, kind of pleased to report that things are pretty good there, because when I think of, you know, Virginia, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people that come and go, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think, like, living in Iowa, like, you know, people are coming here and going, and we're close to Chicago, you know, and that kind of thing, but who knows? what's the What's the current state of Portland? Just like...
2: I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not as bad here as it is in many places, but, um, you know, I mean, I think everyone's taking it very seriously. The schools are closed until the end, at least until the end of April. And, um, most quote unquote non-essential businesses are closed and people are generally, I think, staying in. So hopefully, uh, it's what needs to happen, and, and um, you know, by summer, things will start getting back to normal, and, you know, maybe we'll, in a while, maybe your shows will happen, and... If they know. don't, they
0: don't, and they do, they do. You know, right. that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Like,
2: you, you just know, take it one point, day at I'm, a time. I'm
0: kind of more concerned about people like my sister-in-law, Hunter, who's a nurse in Dallas, and, like, you know, they're dealing with incredible things, and... Uh, Bless them, you know. I mean, you know, going to work must be very difficult.
2: Yep, yep. Well, let's play some music. Um, yeah, you know,
0: that's all we can, we do on this. Show. That's we, all.
2: That's all we can do. I'll start it off. I'll throw us back into the late seventies, New York City. Certainly, a different time, different place. Um, and this was a band who released. You know, they're they're kind of a legendary band. Uh, in that they spawned uh, careers of, of a couple pretty well-known um, musicians, but um, they only released one record in their career, a, a single 7-inch, uh, two songs. This is one of the songs from that 7-inch. I'm talking about The Theoretical Girls, uh, New York, No Wave, Art punk band. Um, this is from 1978. Of course, Glenn Bronco was in the band. Later, went on to be um, pretty well known in himself. And then Wharton Tears, um, I believe, was the drummer. He was a um, he, he's a pretty well known music producer. So, uh, oh, big time. But um, not too many a lot people. Of
0: incredible records, Wharton Tears. For
2: my sure. God. For sure. Not too many people know Theoretical Girls. Um, if they do, they know of the story. Uh, they don't necessarily know the music, but this is a fun one. It's called uh, U.S. Millie, <clears throat> 1970. do you think
0: that, like, um, no wave is probably one of the best name genres in the history of rock? I think, like, in a lot of ways, like, people, it'd be cool to be classified as no wave.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean... For sure. Well, and, of course, that was a reaction to the new wave, you know, which was, I think... For, it know, was
0: short-lived, and it was just, like... It was always viewed as, like, you know, that famous word, Mm avant-garde. It's kind of like the way they use artisanal Mm on food.
2: (laughs) Right. And, like, Um
0: uh, you know, it's it's all about dissonance. Let's (laughs) hear Theoretical Girls.
2: Yeah, U.S. Millie. (laughs) think about their contemporaries, 1978 New York. That sounds like very little like anything else at the time. Sort of. Yeah,
0: well, theatrical girls were I think the product of like, you know, those people, you know, they they were theatrical, and they were had a place in Soho, right? I mean, like, yeah. like you know, a loft, you know, they had a loft space in Soho, which is an amazing concept if you think about today.
2: Right, right.
0: Um, that like, you know, um, art punks and theater punks could like move into places and they're like, you know, it's the late seventies in New York, maybe like starting a band is the way to go.
2: (laughs) Sure. I, yeah, I mean, but like, I can't like, that just sort of sounds like no other song that I can think of. It's this kind of military drum beat, like marching. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then this, this piano and this kind of Dada lyrics and just weird staccato like it is um just a very odd interesting song you know that that like is both sort of annoying but kind of catchy at the same time
0: no I don't find it annoying at all I find it like you know very digestible (laughs) yeah
2: yeah um but yeah, they're 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 an interesting band. They they just released that one seven inch, but there was a and compilation I think they
0: played. You know, only a handful of shows ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was a springboard.
2: It was you know? absolutely a springboard. There's there's a, a compilation CD of of a number of live tracks and other unreleased material that came out um, almost twenty years ago now. That probably is not that hard to track down if anyone's interested. But um, interesting band for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll switch gears. Okay. I'll take us to uh, Dallas where my my buddy Hunter lives. And, like, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, she's working her ass off and uh, doing her nursing. And this is a band, Lithium Xmas, Lithium Christmas, Lithium Xmas. We call them Lithium Xmas. I bought their single in 1990, and it's just, I think it was like a limited edition of 400. I'm really happy I have it. Uh, Charlie's Golden Ticket is an amazing song. And then they just about everything they were only around from 90 to 95 when i bought it at 90 i was like wow this is going to be like you know really kind of huge like in the power psych genre like this is like you know we're dealing with like sub pop grunge at the time and like you know they're coming from left field i think they actually had a record on sympathy for the record industry
2: okay yeah yeah
0: which Maybe. was like a label that I thought it always made a lot of really great stuff. i pretty much, you know, at the time would buy every seven inch that came out on the label. And, um, Dallas to me was a bit of a mystery. Like, um, the only reason I knew Dallas at all at that point is that is it's because David Berman had lived there. Mm. And, uh, so his opinion of Dallas was my opinion of Dallas, you know, plus, um, that famous movie. Do you ever see the documentary, the thin blue line? Sure. Yeah. So like I thought of like, you know, Dallas through like David's definition of Dallas. It was always a mystery place to me. And then going there and playing, you know, the trees and and playing, you know, probably four or five times there, like it never really deep Elum, like never really I've never really gotten a grip on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And but like to me, like this band, although they kind of turned out to be mostly like a celebration of like you know, covering great psychedelic songs. Essentially, they were basically their their main guy who was amazing. It's a guy named Mark Ridlin. Um, but they basically, like, I guess they were just interested in, in having a, like, ripping over-the-top psychedelic live set. And this is a cover that they, they put on just about every record. They're on labels, like, Rockadelic, Direct Hit, Sympathy for the Music Industry... I think probably records they started themselves, just a few seven inches and a few EPs towards the end. And and they always um, covered a song called Ballad of the Hip Death Goddess. And it's a song that's written by a guy I'm largely unfamiliar with. It was kind of a psychedelic psychedelic legend from Boston in the late 60s and early 70s named Ian Bruce Douglas. So it's a cover of this guy who's like, One of the kings of like boston's like psychedelic it's funny when like bands i always think it's pretty cool when like bands like do tributes to other obscure bands and like nail them and like bring them to the fore so Mm -hmm. here's a band Mm -hmm. that's doing a song that's like 20 years old and to me it was just like along with charlie's golden ticket and just about everything they've done you know they've covered george harrison and they've covered Captain Beefheart, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, and they had a bunch of originals, but this is Battle of the Hip Death Goddess by Lithium Maximus, 1995, this version, but they started playing it in the late 80s.
2: was cool that was cool um they're a band that i can imagine were really really good live and yeah
0: because i think they brought their originals but then they played like you know songs you know jump into the fire by harry Nilsson, like you know that song that that guy was in a band ian bruce douglas who wrote that was in like i guess he's known as like i think the king of the boss town sound like Mm. It's like, you know, Boston, I guess, like, made weird stuff psychedelic music in the 60s and 70s. And they'd cover, like, they covered it a great cover of Venus and Furs. It's all on um, Lost Records, which is, like, a Dallas label that was completely dedicated to far-out psychedelic rock. Message to Charlie is my favorite original. And um, they covered George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. Like, I mean, just, like, I think it was just, like, a celebration of of, like, you know, a brilliant genre.
2: Yeah. Well, and I I kind of feel like that song, and I'm not that familiar with them. I think I remember listening to them or hearing a single of theirs like back in the '90s. In um, I think I I think now what I kind of thought then, which was they suffer a little bit from poor, poor production, like that song felt really heavy, but like the guitar was kind of buried in the mix and the vocals were like way above the rest of the music. And I feel like now, like if they, if, if they had a good producer and they recorded that, that would be just like a really heavy song, like a, Almost or more. like
0: even if like back then, if Warden Tears had done it, right,
2: work. right, right. If they had the right <laughs> producer, <laughs> no, like, you know, no. to tie it, yeah, to tie it back okay. to the Theoretical yeah. Girls, they had the I mean, right spot, producer.
0: Spot, Spot was floating around. We always think of Spot as a genius. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, <laughs> or e- Ethan James,
2: spot. even you know, just like let them bring their sound to it and not bury things and the vocals though nice were almost way too high and like this ethereal vocal over this like heavy music like it it almost my my reaction was it would be nice if it was actually mick mick or um, well, i'm thinking reversed. at this point
0: in the podcast like you know you should be twisting knobs in the studio you should be like engineering in the studio as opposed well, to like you know
2: i can't separate i can't separate out Vocal track? and I'm not certainly not. Oh, like sure, it. you can. Like, um, you know, it'd be
0: fun. It'd be fun if somebody hired us to mix a record. We are available.
2: Th- that's true. We are. Um,
0: we are available. We volunteer our skills, and we'll offer no musical advice. We'll just we'll just twist the knobs.
2: We'll just twist the knobs, and we'll, we'll make it yeah. sound the way we think sounds good. The I just feel Some, like,
0: somebody's gonna have to show us show them how to use it. But like, you know, I've got people for that. Remco Shoutin. Sure. sure. I I just,
2: I just feel like that that song should have been pummeling should have been like huge heavy black Sabbath almost and it yeah felt
0: yeah or it, like Led Zeppelin like at their peak right
2: I mean? it just felt like this kind of light ethereal song almost because the vocals were such the focal point which isn't bad yeah. necessarily it just is it would be a completely different song live I'm sure
0: well I played in many bands that have suffered from the mix and um not many but a few and someday people get it right
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. I'll be, I'll keep it a, around the same era. This is a band that started I think in the early '90s. Um, yeah, their first seven inch came out in '92. I'm gonna play one. I may play a couple because they're short. They're super short. Um, I'm gonna play one from an EP that came out in '96. I'm talking about Yorkshire indie pop band Boy Racer. I think you're familiar with them.
0: Oh, good people, yeah. Uh,
2: Stuart Anderson, the main guy. Um,
0: Weatherby lads, yep. Yep. Great people.
2: Um, You know, I guess you'd kind of call them lo-fi. You know, and like I hear. I just thought of
0: them as like kind of like punk rock in their own way. Yeah,
2: but like really catchy. They're indie rock,
0: I guess. You know. Yeah. They're Weatherby rock to me, like. You know, I, Yorkshire I, Rock. This is your Yorkshire Rock. Boy Racer.
2: I hear, I hear the term pop punk, and I think, yeah, that, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, I think of everybody thinks of Green Day, which is were, unfair to Boy Racer.
2: Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Or they think of things like you know Blink One Eighty Two, or you know, kind of like bland yeah, yeah. I mean, bands
0: like, you know, like that's that. That's the thing about that genre; it's been completely. Be destroyed by like a bunch of like shit bands, hasn't
2: it? You know? <laughs> it sure has. It sure yeah, has. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're this boy is...
0: racer. Boy racer were like you know one of the great pop pop punk bands.
2: Absolutely. So I'll um I'll play one that kind of showcases that, and then so we
0: welcome them. We welcome them into the. In, we envelop them now in indie rock to get them away from pop. Right.
2: Punk. Exactly. Exactly. But like yeah. s- the super catchy. This is a short one. This is like ninety seconds. Uh, it's called Your Unspoken Desires. Um, and then if you want, I'll play. I this. like
0: the useless romantic. I like the use, the useless romantic.
2: Is is that one of their songs?
0: Yeah. Do you have that one handy? Uh,
2: I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll play this one and then I'll see if I can if I can pull it up. Um, yeah. All right. Here you go. Your unspoken desires.
1: Now you found out how I feel. Are you going to abuse it? Put to your time.
2: I do have it. Here you go, Bob. By request, the useless romantic.
0: Yeah, thanks, cheers.
2: Yeah. from their first record from 94. Um let's do one more. Let's do one more. Oh, hit me with their best shot. You Fire down it with it? This is a, Pat Benatar said. This is a mellower one, um but it kind of showcases their range, I think. Uh it's from a compilation that came out in 93 um, called Calling at Duke Street an anti-fascist pop compilation. Um this this one's called Friend. It's a nice little duet.
1: A friend, You know where I'll be, you know where to find me You all I can, situations that
3: suck I don't know how to react to
2: So that song's actually a collaboration with an Australian band called Even As We Speak. Um, pretty little song, though. They were a Sarah. Cool, yeah. Band. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Boy Racer, man. Zero Hour Records. Uh, and that's uh, Stuart, Jen, Maddie, and Richard.
2: Yeah, and Slumberland Records. Um, oh, yeah. They, uh, they put they put some stuff out on Sarah, which is a you know great indie pop label. Great label, um, yeah. Yeah, and they're still going. I think he moved to um, Arizona, and I think they're still they're still doing stuff, or at least they were up until about ten years ago. So check them oh, out. Oh, they're
0: probably still going now. I hopefully, would,
2: I would imagine. I would hope. But yeah. Anyways, I'll
0: take us to 2019. I'll take us to current artists. I really enjoyed Boy Racer. Yeah. Love that band.
2: Yeah. Uh, it took us and 110 I- shows to play him, but I'm glad we did.
0: And I know you like um, people that push the envelope. Of course. I know that, like you know, electronic music is a genre to us. It's like that we don't embrace as well as we should. But this is like a unique individual. Like um, she's born in Switzerland of of Nepalese, Napalese descent. This is Aisha Davy off of her two thousand nineteen record called slf i don't know what that stands for myself it's I'm on guessing. a london label count called um Tooth, and the song is called i'm not always where my body is meditational music
2: Aisha SLF is the name of the album. It's, it's, it's probably not short for Stiff Little Fingers.
0: No, definitely not. Hopefully <laughs> not. We played them on the show? I don't she think... Also, she also plays under the moniker of uh, Kate Wax.
2: Interesting. And um,
0: she started her own label, um, Dance Noir, and she's, you know, Swiss born I mean, it's like mantra. Yeah. They, it's like meditational, but like... I can't meditate to that. Like, no,
2: it's it's a little frantic for that, I would imagine. But it, it's kind of yeah. cool. It's sort of different. I, I almost don't even know how to describe it. it. Like, at first, it felt a little meditational, but then it went kind of dancey and almost weird, kind of avant-garde. Um, yeah, no, so,
0: I dig her. She's down. She's down. That's cool. Like, yeah. Cheers. I enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and, and no, I don't believe we have played Stiff Little Fingers, although... A Are band. you a fan of Siffle Little Fingers? I love their first album, Inflammable Material, is one of my favorite punk albums ever. Um, really?
0: Well, you need to you need to play them on a on, maybe you'll play it
2: on the next show. Maybe, maybe I will. Um, and, and then, yeah. and then, which from, might happen
0: like in forty five minutes. <laughs>
2: that's true. That's true. Um, so we we should uh, we should get. Get quick to wrapping it up because we might do another one here in a few. No, like, tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to take us back to the 90s and I'll take us across the Atlantic to Amherst, Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, the Western Mass.
2: Western Mass, you know, kind of the. of Payne Pinkerton. The area of. In the time of. Sebedeau and Dinosaur Jr. and whatnot. Oh, it's. Yeah. Um, brilliant,
0: brilliant brilliant bands from there
2: for sure and this is this is another one doesn't maybe get as much attention um but they're good band supreme dicks i'm talking about it's a bad band name (laughs) it's kind of a bad band name released a couple records on Homestead. i mean come on (laughs) in the 90s yeah yeah and they're a band that maybe if they had a different band name and if they continued on for a while like
0: no but they were legendary but like at the same time like it's. It was like hard to be like. I love Supreme dicks. So like, it's <laughs> right. like it's a time like. Right. Throughout the course of our lives, we're trying not to be supreme dicks.
2: Right. And are you writing? You know, if you're in high school and you're writing on your peachy folder, the bands that you love, would you write in big, big block letters, Supreme dicks?
0: Um, yeah. Right. Right above that. <laughs> or blow it, Squirtum poles. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's great. you love bringing We're
2: up poles. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's play a little Supreme Dicks. Um, oh, they're a great band. From from their first LP called The Unexamined Life. This one's called Jack o' Lantern. Um, here you go.
0: Yeah, Jack o' Lantern by Supreme
2: Dicks. That's right.
0: Yeah. dicks yeah john Shear.
2: yeah i don't know any of the members were they um you know, they kind oh, of yeah, stopped
0: and john and danny Oxenberg. Yeah. yeah
2: okay um they're a band that had they continued on like i could see them being they're almost kind of a jam band in a way like an indie rock jam band like they could have been huge they could have be touring all these you know like shows well, like you're
0: like um you know, I don't know. It's it's when you're talking like mid '80s Supreme Dicks.
2: Mid You're thinking
0: like they did have a New Zealand vibe to them. So did. like, good. Like we did. Supreme Dicks give the vibe to New Zealand, or you know?
2: No, yeah, they were mid '90s, so they definitely were after. Um, no, after. they
0: weren't because they started like in the '80s.
2: Yeah, but they didn't release anything. Their first release came out in '92. Um, so they were recording. Right. But, you know. But yeah, so, so you know, like, I doubt they were. So I mean, I was
0: a college radio DJ in the late '80s, and like so were you, late mm-hmm. '80s, you were right. Uh,
2: well, I started in '89, so I guess yeah. So same kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So like, it's our era, Supreme Dick. So right. like, for sure, it's when we were like, just like, not a day went by when we weren't thinking about what's cool. So like, you know, <laughs> like going back to like, you know, right. you know, Lithium Xmas, Like this is amazing. You know, like Supreme Dick, same kind of thing. This is amazing. And then we had like you know you're talking about their scene. western mass we had dinosaur sebuto sentudo you put out a little brother yeah and like i just think you know perhaps you know i mean i don't know them too well personally like handshakes like good to meet you mate mm-hmm. sort of things
1: mm-hmm.
0: and who knows like there was like this weird obsession in their album titles with with Dick, working Man's Dick. This is right. not a Dick,
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. the
0: unexamined life.
2: Well, yeah, the emotional
0: yeah. plague. Like I,
2: I think I think it was a little bit of a. I don't
0: think of them as that dicky.
2: career sabotage. No, not at all. Yeah, like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, why
0: would like I don't know?
2: Like yeah. self limiting. Like they were they were. It's
0: very interesting. Like career sabotage. Like why would you sabotage? sabotage your career and your brilliant music
2: yeah i mean there are some people that are incredibly uh ambitious and almost to a fault like want to get their music out and then there are others that are kind of almost doing it for themselves and want to be sort of, you know, like, away from everyone else and they don't really want the attention. I always felt like the Supreme Dicks were sort of a ladder-type band and probably would never have released anything if people hadn't come to them and said, I really want to put your records out. Like, they, they don't get the sense they were, you know, we got to record this demo and we got to send it out to 50 labels or 100 labels and see who comes, comes to, you know knocking at our door they just kind of did their own thing and maybe never would have and did it very well and did, did it well. and did it very well and maybe never would have released a record if if you know external friends and fans and whatnot weren't asking for it you know what i mean oh, it's a
0: beautiful thing in a lot of ways to just like want to be yourselves and like play for your scene right we see it we see it all the time in des moines like you know bands that like you know don't care about the business of just play punk rock. So that's kind of like, you know, Supreme dicks like, you know, in a lot of ways, like despite their sound, like that is punk rock.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. Um, But good band. Um, I mean, I could play another, but we've, we've, we've already, you know, we've gone on a few digressions anyway. And, and you're going to end it with, with someone that I really
0: like. Let's get legendary. Legend. We head to the next show. Legend. tonight's, Tonight's doubleheader.
2: Yeah. And, All uh, right. Let's do yeah,
0: it. So, well, what are you doing?
2: nothing. I'm here.
0: Yeah. You, you, I guarantee you've got like ten more to play. Got, <laughs> one thing about you is you've. You know <laughs> I'll tell you what. You're like a baseball manager. that has got like fifteen relievers in the bullpen. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah. That's so right. You know
0: what, I don't even know know if we're gonna play baseball this year.
2: Yeah. That's, but that's...
0: like, I'll we'll finish off with a legend, Irma Thomas, the soul queen of New Orleans.
2: Yeah. For yeah. Sure. One of the
0: Greatest legendary artist we've never played on the show, still active. Yep. I'd like to say nearing eighty years old, and uh, God bless New Orleans. They're in the midst of of the hell boil, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that was like, you know, myself and my wife Whitney. We're about to head to New Orleans uh, for Louisiana Derby weekend, and we canceled that trip. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna play. Uh, off Irma Thomas, the soul queen of New Orleans One of the best One of the best uh, singers of all time And this is off her uh, 1968 album Take a look, baby don't look down And you can double bubble that and then,
2: yeah. Oh yeah
3: look down, baby. Don't look down. Any fool could see you really shook up this town.
2: I mean, we use the word legend now and then on the show, and I don't know anybody that is more deserving than Irma. Uh, No, she's one of the best. And, you know, of course, she's probably best known. She's frankly, like, I wish she were better known. Um, And I think most people who know of her know of her because she's the one that originally did Time is on My Side, Uh, of course. Yeah made a hit by the Stones and it was a hit for her too but not nearly as big Um, but she's just fantastic I'll play my favorite song of hers this was from 1964 yeah do it do it yeah 1964 she's still humming she's still humming yeah this one I think you probably know this one I'd also
0: like to add the reason why I tried to get in touch with you the other night is that I think Andy Gill one of our heroes from the Gang of Four Mm -hmm. he died uh, February 1st of a short respiratory illness
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And I'm thinking like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, that could have been the COVID. It, COVID-19.
2: I guess maybe. Yeah, they probably were That's testing weird. for it's weird. it like, then. You know, yeah. It
0: wasn't like, you know, and like uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, music earlier tonight, Supreme Dicks and stuff like and We're talking about, I mean, one of my favorite Gang of Four lyrics, it's very simple. Like, to have ambition is my ambition.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: We think about that every day.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
0: not, you know, not in any weird, weird attempt to be prophetic, but like, and uh, and then we'll do another show here in a few minutes. But like, anyways, play your favorite Irma song. All
2: right, here you go. Breakaway, Irma Thomas, nineteen sixty four. Yeah. <laughs> to sit still during that one fuck that is oh, such
0: see, a clap. underrated uh, nature of uh clapping discussion. Uh,
2: I, I love yeah, absolutely. Everybody like, clap, everybody clap rhythm. I wanted <laughs> I wanted to do maybe we should do a, a show of of all songs with hand claps. Um Yeah. <laughs> love that song. We love that song. That's one if you play next time, you know, hopefully in the not too distant future you do another DJ set. That'll get people moving.
0: Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you got to move
2: them, got to move them. All right, well, thank you, Bob. Uh, Yeah,
0: we'll see you soon. See you in
2: about 20 minutes. We'll do do this again soon. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Hang in there. Everyone stay safe, and um, yeah, thank you.